in a field dominated by men, this woman is one of the few highly, most highly decorated and best-selling female thriller writers on the planet. I'm talking about Sandra Brown. And uh, I had a, a great chance to uh, talk with Sandra a couple of years ago when she was involved in uh, uh, thriller Operation Thriller 2, which was... Uh, which is an ongoing uh, venue for known um, writers uh, to go overseas, uh, talk to the troops, uh, interact with them, so on and so forth. Well, I'm back with Sandra Brown, and we're going to talk about her latest book, Friction. Sandra, how are you today? I'm doing great, Greg. Thank you for having me back on the show. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. I had a, I had a great conversation with you Um and I know you've done like thousands of interviews, so it's probably not there in your head. But we had a we had a great time talking about you uh, lacing up your boots and putting your helmet on and jumping in a uh, right. helicopter and going over to the big sandbox. I look, I look back uh, on that, and I still um, I can't believe that I did it and that it happened, but. It was just such a remarkable experience. Um, I mean, the new hasn't worn off yet. Um, sure. I, uh, I just I love to talk about it. I love to reminisce about it. It was a difficult. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever done physically. Sure. And just maintaining that stamina, but it was, it was an amazing opportunity that I know hundreds of thousands of Americans would love to be afforded. And so... For me to get to do it, um, thank our troops personally um, in the, the theater, um, it really was um, an incredible trip. Sure. And, you know, you're only one of about 40 very well-known writers uh, uh, that have been able to do that. Or, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I realized how unique and, mm-hmm. and um, um, what a gift it was. Sure. Sure. Well... Okay, kiddo, we've got a new book, and uh, it's a killer cover, by the way. I love the cover. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank re- you very much. Really nice. Um, yeah, you, you, there's only a handful of uh, writers out there, I think, um, that have uh, really good design support. Anyway, this is a great-looking book. Uh, it draws you in. The cover is uh, very intriguing, and uh, so I'm going to... I'm going to leave it with that and have you talk about uh, friction. Give us a little sketch of what this book is about, Sandra. Well, I've always been fascinated um, with Texas Rangers, and I, I'm talking about the law enforcement. Well, you're <laughs> you're a Texas type. girl, right? Not, not the baseball, not the baseball team. Right? No, I get it. You're you're a Texas girl. You grew up with a Texas, I'm a Texas sure. girl. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> hearing all the stories and and knowing the lore uh, that surrounds them. And so as I set out to write a new book, I thought, why don't I write about a contemporary Texas Ranger? That'd be interesting. And they were in on the arrest um, of the man later convicted of killing Chris Kyle, um, the American sniper. So, I mean, they're still tough guys. And uh, Mm -hmm. there are only 180 of them in the entire state and a state that covers 700,000 square miles, that's, that's their stretch pretty thin. But um, so I've, I made my hero a Texas Ranger, and I thought, now what 
possible situation could I get him in that would be unusual and different and, and scary for him? And it was getting custody of his five-year-old daughter. Hmm. I thought the dichotomy of the tough and, you know, tumble guy uh, in his job and then being a daddy to a little girl, um, pink ballet slippers, the whole, you know, the whole bit. <laughs> and, um, and then to make matters worse, um, during the custody hearing, in the courtroom there's a shooting. He springs into action, and everybody sees him as his, you know, in his kind of dirty, hairy persona. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it brings into question, is this, is his career and parenting incompatible? And um, and then I made the the judge uh, a real factor um, in the book, and so he gets into all kinds of trouble. He's battling not only for custody; he's battling uh, the opinion of the judge. He's battling the bad guy, and he's battling his own attraction to this woman who holds his future in her hands. So uh, I, it's a it's a, a mishmash of of a lot of problems for Crawford. So where's the uh, sexual tension? When did that come in? <laughs> well, you know, it's a Sandra Brown book. That's uh, right. <laughs> it, wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a Sandra Brown book without that. My readers would be sorely disappointed yes, they would. <laughs> um, if, there were no, if no sparks flew. And um, so, yeah, they um, find one another um, irresistible, and yet um, they're totally off-limits to each other. He's the principal in a case over which she's presiding, and um, he doesn't want to do anything that jeopardizes her opinion of him as being good father material. So it's, um, and they're they're running for their lives. They're trying to protect the child, and yet, as I said, they can't, they can't uh, resist each other. So it, it, um, she has to wrestle with the moral dilemma of uh, breaching ethics. And um, as she says at one point, you can't breach ethics just a little. He says, sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of defines their two mindsets. She's strictly been by the book, and this is the first time she's really been tested. And um, and Crawford can he has no problem with kind of bending the rules. Right. So, um, yeah. As most guys will try to do. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we all we all want, well, yeah, the trophy, the, the trophy aspect, whatever. The trophy, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so um, you're this petite, Hot-looking babe from Waco, Texas, and and by the way, I did, I did, I did. I was thinking, who now, in the world are you describing? No, 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 no. Listen, um, last time we talked, I introduced you as a spunky, extremely attractive gal from Texas. So I'm not holding anything back. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> and and um, my wife is extremely forgiving. Uh, she knows that I, no. I've got to play the part a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, okay, so um, we've got uh, the male and female, the guy and the gal. We've got the gal holding on to her, um, well, her morals, let's say. Uh, she's, right. She's a, mm-hmm. you know, so. And her ethics. And her ethics. Now, is this, is this Sandra Brown? 
did Sandra Brown grow up this way? Um, were you this naive yeah, little definitely. little girl that uh, eyes uh, wide open? And <laughs> I was the well, not so naive as the goody two shoes. Uh, <laughs> I had to. Uh, I was the oldest of five girls, wow. which is a terrible position to be in. It's both terrible and wonderful. I would think because so. I was always the big sister, and so I had to set the example. My parents, um, <laughs> maybe sometimes unwittingly, um, vested me very early on with a lot of responsibility. Yes. And so I, I've always taken that responsibility very seriously in every area of my life. Mm-hmm. To this day, I'm still the big sister. <laughs> um, and I was expected to make good grades, to to walk the straight and narrow, to, you know, this, that, and the other. And so it's so much fun for me to be able to write the villain because I get to do all these things vicariously (laughs) through my my characters that I lacked the courage to do um, and still do. I mean, my my characters are a whole lot more, um, they're a whole lot smarter than I am. They're a whole lot more courageous. Um, they have a whole lot more initiative, um, mm. and and they're meaner. Um, <laughs> they, so I I get to I get to wear all those different hats, and it's great fun because I was always so disgustingly good. <laughs> Never wanted to get in trouble. Made straight A's, you know. So um, it's fun to be the bad person every now and then. And. and um I suspect, I suspect that your husband, you, you and your husband have been married a very long time, correct? 47 years. Yeah, got, you yes, know what? Right. Damn it. How the hell did you do it? Not too many people can do that, Sandra. I mean, Karen, I and, Karen and I have been married 32 years, you know, and, and we still, you know, that was me knocking. And we still, you know, love and respect each other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great now because the kids are grown up and they're out of the house and... We're able to have a little bit of time for ourselves. Um, yeah, yep. I relate to all of that. I I have to say, um, and on our anniversary, uh, August seventeen, mm. um, I posted on my Facebook a picture of us that was taken just last week, and um, and I really it was a tribute uh, to Michael. He he was the one who first dared me to write. First of all. I had gotten fired from my job, and I was, um, you know, really down in the mouth about it, and I I thought, oh, gosh, I've got these two children to raise. I'm, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, but all Mm. of that's so fulfilling. However, um, I just needed something, and he said, well, look, you've always said you wanted to write fiction, and now you've got the time and opportunity, so either do it or stop talking about it. And he, he really put it in the form of a challenge. And so were it not for him and that encouragement, and not just encouragement, but 100% wholeheartedly enabling me mm. um, to, to do what I really wanted to do, and that took a very, and still does, require a very special person and partner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has shared me with an awfully demanding career, and most of the demands have been self-imposed. Sure. So um, I really, I really credit him a lot. Um, so yeah, it's um, 
it's been a good adventure. It really has. And uh, there have been, you know, dark times, um, but he's always, he's been my best friend and staunchest ally through through it all. So I uh, really give him a lot of credit. Uh, and a credit to you. I mean, you've got 70 books now, and you started writing in the 80s. You know, that's a hell of an achievement, I think. Um, well, thank you. I, um, I love my job, though. Yeah. I mean, I just love my job. I have the best job in the world. Yeah. Um, I'm a career daydreamer, and um, I get <laughs> I get paid for making up stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's hard. It's very hard work to get the stuff that I make up from my head to the page, um, I don't diminish at all um, hmm. how difficult it is. But it's still it's still a heck of a way to make a living. Well, see, that confuses me. You, you're this, uh, you're not so naive now, but you're this, you know, good little girl. And um, you've still got that good little girl quality. Where, where where's this stuff come from, Sandra? I mean, um, do you what kind of what do you just make this up, or do you do you do you get uh, do you plant yourself somewhere, put yourself in the environment? How do how do you how do you how do you just open up your head and craft something like this? Being the well, being I the said, very naive you know, girl you are. <laughs> people people say, you know, how can you write from the point of view of a man? Yeah. And I, my reply is, well, books have been written from the point of view of a ghost. What are you implying about that writer? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. So, you know, or a shark, or a cat, or a dog. How do you know how a dog mm. thinks or what? So it's it's make believe. Mm-hmm. It's it's make believe, and I've been make believing all my life. Um, mm-hmm. I had imaginary friends when I was a little, and my mother, you know, used to say, "Who are you talking to?" And I go, "Well, Charlotte. She's my friend." You know, I'd make up somebody, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've done this all my life. It, it's not something that started late in life. I've already always had a very vivid. Uh, imagination and would hmm. see scenarios, you know, playing out inside my head. Hmm. And I don't get it uh, any more than I get when I hear a, a musician like a Brian Wilson say, I just, I can't sleep at night for the songs in my head. Right. Well, see, I don't get that because I don't hear songs in my head. <laughs> but I kind of understand what he's talking about because it's hard to explain to anyone else. Yeah. Um, because half the time I don't know where an idea comes from. Um, Sometimes it will start with a character. Sometimes it will start with an incident that I find interesting Hmm. or a career that I find interesting, a situation. Hmm. Uh, And most of the time, though, most of the time, I have no idea where it comes from. It's just there. Um, Are they pictures? Uh, Is it like a movie, or is it? It can't be voices. It's like a play. It's It's like a play. But you can see it. Mm -hmm. Can you see pieces of Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. That is so cool. When I'm writing a scene, most of the time I'm I'm looking at the scene as though it's being played out. You're in the audience. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I write down what the characters do and say, Hmm. and sometimes. They are standing there with their arms folded, looking back at me like, "What do we do now?" <laughs> and I'm going like, "Why are you asking me?" <laughs> but 
they can get real stubborn and then just stay, stand there and not speak or move, and that's when ugh, it's so frustrating because mm. I know it's there. I know the next line of dialogue there. I've just got to find it. Um, but largely, when I'm writing a scene, you know, sometimes, if, for instance, there was a scene in Friction that opened it up where he was, Crawford was going to see a man who was kind of a mentor, kind of the voice of his conscience, mm-hmm. telling him what he didn't want to hear but knew he needed to hear. Mm. And so he seeks this guy out, but then when he starts talking to him, you know, he gets angry. And and so played out that whole scene, and I didn't know until the last sentence of the scene who that character was. And then it hit me, and it went, ah, that's why there's so much antagonism, again, you know, they have for each other. And I didn't realize the relationship until after I had already written the scene. So it was there all the time. It was, hmm. it was like a discovery for me, too, as it was with the reader. Wow. So, okay, you're writing a scene, you're writing a chapter. Um, after you get down on, uh, well, first of all, do you use longhand or do you type? Uh, no, I type. You I, type. Every time I use longhand is when I'm um, t- making notes for a plot, mm. and that's when I get out the legal tablet and in hand, and I can, it's portable. You know, I can sure. do it anywhere. And uh, and so I, that's I go through pages, pages, pages. Sometimes tablet after tablet after tablet. You know, arrows, asterisks, highlighter. Uh, keep this. Throw that out. No, I don't want to go that direction. No, I don't like that character. What are the stakes for this character? Why would the hero care? Why would the heroine care? Uh, so I'm making all these notes until the idea wants to become a story. And it tells me it wants to become a story when I get that one thing that I know that no one else knows. Hmm. And when I get that, then I know I've got a story. Hmm. But I have to find that. Um, So, you know, I'll tell my husband, well, how's the plotting going? Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. Now I'm going to throw it away. Can't, it's, not working nothing's working it's not working it's awful Hmm. i'll say it's just a series of scenes i've got some great scenes i've got a great opening scene i've got a great scene right in the middle of the book this would turn the but i don't have that common thread i don't have that linchpin on which everything else hangs and when i get that and usually it's the secret that i know that the reader won't know until the very end of the book when i get that then everything else kind of falls into place. Wow. And sometimes it's really, really hard. Well, sure. <laughs> Most of the time it's really, really hard. Well, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, a um, lot of lot of authors I talk to, you know, like Deaver, Deaver writes like one book a year, but he'll spend six, seven months on an outline. You know, it's like... Yeah, hey, yeah. But, you Getting know, his, it, his, it, yeah, yeah. But he's a different, you know. He's 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 sick. I love him. <laughs> he's sick. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Huh? That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So uh, you and Michael, right? You and Michael met in the sixties. Uh, yes. Yes. Had 60s. to think back. Gosh, that sounds so long ago. It was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
the 60s. Son of a gun. Well, okay, so Sandra, um, it, it sounds like, well, yeah, it sounds like your brain's working all the time. So how do you, uh, what do you do to uh, uh, relax? Uh, what do you like to do? What do you do well, for it's fun? The Busman's holiday, but I love to read. I mean, I'm still as avid a reader as I ever was. Really? And, um, hmm. and so I read almost as many hours a day as I write. Um, I think it's essential uh, hmm. for, you know, for writers to stay constantly reading. I learn something from everything I read. I may learn that I hate that book, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, but... Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I'm, and I'm thinking, why isn't this working for me? You know, what what was it about this that I loved, or what was it about this that I didn't like at all? Mm. Um, so I, but I read all the time. Also, watch a lot of um, series TV. You know, like uh, like the Breaking Bads and Sons of Anarchy, and I think there are so many brilliantly written characters and and series now. Uh, oh, they're really just, is, so I yes. can't get around to all all of them. Oh, I know. So um, I like to have binges, you know, or I'll spend a whole weekend watching, you know, one whole season of something. Um, so, uh, you know, all of that is fodder for the grist mill. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, uh, and then we, we travel a lot. We have great friends we travel with. Uh, we have... Um, Two children, uh, a daughter-in-law, a son-in-law, and four grandsons, and we love being with them. And so it's I have a I have a very full life, very and full. I'm grateful for it. Boy, it, it it does. It sounds like you have a great life, a great life. But you've worked very hard. You deserve it. You know my my thing is you know you work your tail off. You you stick with something. You try to whether you accomplish it or not. You you have to be. Uh, yeah, you got to be happy with yourself, and it sounds like you're in a really good place in your well, life. Well, I really thank my um, all of that responsibility that I was talking about. My parents um, gave me, but also just the work ethic yes. came from grandparents and parents who grew up in the depression, and and we were taught, you know, be grateful for what you have, yeah. um, pay your bills. Uh, you know, all the things that were important. You work, if you want something, you work for it. And um, I've been very, very, very fortunate to be able to make a living at something that I love to do. Hmm. And I know that that's an enviable position to be in. But, um, yeah, I have worked for it. And I don't begrudge anybody any success in any field, whether I like what they do or not, but in any, if they've worked for it. Now, I admire labor. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I like you, Sandra. You gotta, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, thank I like you. It. I like you. Thank it. you. Boy, oh boy. Well, listen, I think, uh, I think we're about at our end of the, uh, the time here. Um, again, your, what, your seven, 70th novel? Is is that right? uh, actually seventy seven? Jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, sixty seven have been New York Times bestsellers, and I'm hoping that's going to bump up to sixty eight with friction. Well, it should. It should. Um, Thank you. I think you're going to hit a, a different 
target market. You're going to hit. You're going to hit guys like me uh, and gals like me who grew up during the '50s and the '60s, and you know, grew up with with the Texas Rangers and you know, the, 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 the <laughs> yeah. show McCloud and all that other stuff. That was that was all good stuff. That was all good stuff. Yeah. And I'm glad you're yeah. writing. And I'm glad you're writing this and not some crap. Because there's a lot of crap out there, <laughs> a lot of crap. <laughs> well, I well I know um, uh, Sandra. This has been a great uh, discussion. I wish we had more time, but uh, I, I appreciate you coming on. I wish well, you. Well, thank you, Greg. It's always a pleasure. I wish you all the success in the world, and uh, I'd love to meet you someday. Maybe we'll uh, run into each other. Friction by Sandra Brown, and uh, folks, got to go grab it. It's a hot one. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Greg. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.